Yo, yo, what up, everyone? You are listening to the one and only world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, where I give out free game, not free jewelry. But hold up. I guess I hand out gems, right? Anyways, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. The Wash Lord, a.k.a. The Shank King. This is still a 100% independent podcast, and of course, it is and always will be produced by the award-winning Dust Brothers. That's Miles Davis. That's my man, Jordan Winter. Museum quality podcasting only coming out of here. All right, guys, it is my favorite day of the week. You already know what the fucking deal is. We got a brand new episode. I got a lot of shit to say. So BTB Army, Lakey Lake, let's fucking get it. So as I introduced the show with the call out, um, I said this is a still a 100% independent show. For the last couple of weeks, we've been in negotiations with uh, a major studio. I want to just fucking say the name, but I feel like Jordan Miles. I don't. I don't. <laughs> they don't censor me here, but you know what I mean. I guess we. There's no reason to, right? And they're listening to the show. I guarantee it, and they hear it. But uh, two days ago, I didn't have an epiphany. I just kind of had a wake-up call. And it was never something I wanted to necessarily, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was in the plan of when I started this podcast and where we are today, but it sounded like the right thing to do for growth. And, you know, one of the cheat codes for podcasts is to have guests. And I wanted you guys to understand, man, that like, Going solo dolo, it means a lot because one, it's a lot harder to do. Two, you guys are listening because you're listening for real, for me, right? I do have some guests, you know, that I was holding off to, but there's always people I want to bring on and there's a lot of people who I'd want to have on the show. But in the fourth quarter, we decided to not do the studio deal. We turned it down. I had a better situation come out and uh, I sat down with my agent. My agent doesn't have anything to do with like podcasts and entertainment. And now they do, which I didn't know because I came in there with the intention of being signed to a studio and I let them know. And he's like, how come we didn't talk about this? I said, because you, you guys weren't really a part of the podcast. And right when I signed with my agency, the podcast had just started. So, you know, I've been with my agency for about three years now. And um, one of the biggest reasons why I even wanted to do this was because having a studio that's not at my house and is somewhere, you know, remote and um, just the production behind it, you know, having a hassle-free studio to record video at, to do that, not have to worry about things. Um, I would probably have to change when I record, which is fine. All these things are manageable, right? But one of the biggest things besides that, that was a very big thing. The next big thing was marketing money, right? And they were going to put hundreds of thousands of dollars behind marketing me. Now that's, you know, whether it be billboards, digital ads, getting me on other people's show, 
doing the biggest podcasts, you know, being on fucking someone like Ryan Seacrest show and things like that. Even being on TV shows, you know, putting marketing money behind me really to grow this show. And I, and I know they could. But the problem with it was the money they came offer wise to me with the minimum guarantee was super fucking low. Now, when I say super low, it didn't really hit me until I sat down with Miles and Joy and we talked about this. And I thought about it. I said, you know what's crazy is we make that right now off just ads on here alone. Six figures, but it was low. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It, it was definitely, and you know what? Some people may say, hey, man, you know, studios would know what they're doing. And for the most part, I would think they would. You know, so I'm dealing with directly with the COO. This is, a, this is a head dude there. I've been in that position before in the music business, right? And I had to think about it. And I thought like, man, you know what? I did this before when I had my reality show. I was on a network. You know, I had a fucking huge producer, executive produced by Ben Silverman. This man at one point was the fucking president of NBC. This man produced, created the Tudors, the fucking biggest loser, the office. I'm talking huge fucking shows, right? Monster shows. Executive producer of the Ben Baller reality show, right? You can see it now. It's on uh, YouTube now. But, you know, when I sat back and just didn't want to be on the producer side and on the production side, no ownership, it bit me once, right? And I've been on the other side before. And on this one, I was just like, man, there's marketing behind it. There's this. And, and I was like, you know what? There are guys like No Jumper, who he has a publicist, Adam, but like for the most part, you know, he's done it organically. And I just think like, there's really this weird crossroads, but it's not really a crossroads because I can just go ahead and do this forever and not necessarily worry about the money. But you know what? It's nice to, to get more money and, and take care of Miles and, and Jordan. I want more for them. You know, I'm in a different position. You know, my brand deals for my own personal brand, is they're good, right? They're not, it's not NBA money, but I'm, I'll make that with all my shit, all my ventures all put together, no problem. But the money I make here with total freedom, me making a choice not to have certain people on the show for my own benefit and me being able to say whatever the fuck I want to say on my social media, and they say they wouldn't censor me. They don't want me to be whatever it may be. And I, I believe them. But it just made zero sense because the money wasn't right, number one. Number two, after me with my agents, we came up with the fucking amazing idea for another show in a different angle. And I said, damn. And this is what we're doing. And we're going into this. I don't know when it's going to happen, but, you know, it's a fucking incredible idea. And we have a chance to go fucking number one with this shit because it it's, would be, it would probably be guest oriented. If not, I would have a co-host. It wouldn't really matter. And the other co-host is an NBA champion, um, a celebrity, the whole nine, everything. And I think this would be a fucking amazing show idea. And uh, I'm hoping that this happens. So when I thought about it, I was like, they'd have the first right of refusal. There'd be different things. They would have control. I was like, nah, fuck all that. Nah, we're good. We could do this with our own shit. You know what I'm saying? I could do this with my own money. I can figure it out. And I tell you the truth, I, we could do video and not have to do the original thing that we wanted to do um, for Behind the Baller. Now, for the other show, we would do it somewhere else. We wouldn't do it here. So I don't have to worry about that. But I could do video on an iPhone. I've seen people do it and whatever. It's not a big deal. But I thought about it and I thought about the future of the show and I can continue to do this. No problem. I think that 
I can not change anything. It would just basically consist of a week of what I got going on personally, business-wise, and whatever. And there's still be guests on the show. It wouldn't change anything. You know, if anything, maybe there'd be more guests. I'm just starting to really get back to normal life, even though the pandemic is fucking not necessarily over. And there's always new shit, right? Monkey pox, whatever the fuck it is. There's going to be some other shit next that makes your dick turn into two dicks. And uh, I don't know, man. What's crazy is, sidebar, I just got another level of my sense of smell back. It's been motherfucking over eight months since I've had COVID. So this shit is crazy. But back to the thing. Didn't sign the deal. Didn't let the ink dry. Didn't finish anything. And the thing was, you know what, man? It, there's no beef. It was just that, I'm sorry, man. Look, I got to be transparent, right? Like, And for anybody on an executive level that need to see something, I have millions in fucking brand deals, millions in brand sponsorships, right? Across the board. That's no cap. And there are people listening here who work with my agency. There are people who listen to this show that do certain things. And there's people who, whatever, I've shown Jordan, yo, this is one deal right here. Boom. This is another deal here. Then there's network. Network alone is already seven figures, you know? So it's like, why the fuck would I go and do this? And it's like, okay, well, you do it to be bigger. But nah, man, dog, y'all don't understand what's going on here. We make that without that. And I understand there's a minimum guarantee, but it just wasn't it. When I talked to my agent, he's like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about? That's four Instagram posts. So people who are behind the deal, you know, the scenes and know what's going on, then you know, okay, I spend hours on this show in a week. We do fucking eight episodes a month. So if you think about that right there, it's way less than me shooting some content to do a, a video on my pot, uh, on my Instagram or some shit. It just didn't make sense. My agent's like, are you, fuck, are you crazy? Like the value is just too much. And you do realize that people who listen to the show, there's people golfing. There's people doing other shit that I go into the restaurants I go to, whatever. May not be everybody. I don't know. Because I don't know what everyone on the show does. I mean, as far as the listenership, sorry. But I do know that the influence is there because if it wasn't, then these things wouldn't sell out. And it's not just the social media because I talk way more about shit on here on a much thorough level than I do anywhere else. There is nowhere where I get this deep on a consistent basis. Nowhere. So I just wanted to get into that before we get the show started. I had a lot to talk about today. And it's not necessarily like, you know, um, 15 different topics, but I have a lot to talk about that kind of all correlate with each other, right? And I said some shit because I watched something the other day and it was just a post and there was a bill for like $110 and the picture is, what are your opinions on tipping? I wish people tip better, boom, whatever. And it stirred up a lot of shit. It even got people out of the woodworks, got people worked up. People don't like the way things. And again, it's funny because I watched that entire hour and 10 minute Andrew Tate final words thing, which is definitely not his final words. But and again, there's no hate. I don't have any kind of hatred towards dude at all whatsoever. But it made me think about, he says shit that I've said on here for a very long time. I said on the first episode ever. The first episode, episode one of Behind the Baller, I said, I don't want people to take shit out of context. The easiest way to misunderstand or misinterpret something is via text, Twitter, uh, a caption or something, right? A DM. There's no emotion 
right? There's no heartbeat behind a message that you send out so that people can take it the wrong way. Or there may be some people see one thing, some people see another. And people got mad at the fact that I said, hey man, don't go out if you're broke. Don't go out and eat. And people say, shut the fuck up, da da da, whatever, this, whatever. No, you shut the fuck up, stupid ass motherfuckers. Look, there's a certain reason. Why the fuck would you go to the mall if you ain't got no money? Right? So be like, oh, to go people watch. No, th that's true too. Go ahead. But I'm talking about you going shopping. Generally, you're going shopping with no intention to buy. What the fuck are you doing? Could be bored, could be broke, whatever. Cool. That's neither here nor there. Now, if you're going to a restaurant, I'm not talking about McDonald's, I'm not talking about Subway, I'm not talking about Chipotle. Okay. If you're going out to eat, to be served, sat down, maybe there's ambiance, maybe there isn't. Tipping is pretty much required in the United States of America. Now, there's some countries, there's probably a lot of countries actually that, that don't require tipping. They incorporate it in their bill. There's a salary. Their economy is different. I can't speak on that. We're, we live in a motherfucking America, right? It ain't changing anytime soon. Look, they just announced that in California, in 2035, there will no longer be new gasoline cars sold in California. Now, that's only 13 years away from now. 12 and a half, actually. So when you really think about it, they're setting that law down, right? They could do the same thing with tipping certain things, whatever, and, and be ready for it. Maybe not. Some people say, get mad at the owners. Why the fuck fucking owners should be paying their salary? Doug, look, man, it, it, complain. Everyone can do what the fuck they want to. Bottom line is, if you can't go out and at least give a 15% tip, and it ain't necessarily for the server. I used to think that way too. You have to really give me some fucked up service, right? I had some bad service the other night. And I think the server, another server pulled up on me. I ate at Chateau Marmont, one of my favorite restaurants in LA. Well, I'm sorry, it was a hotel, but they have one of my favorite restaurants in the hotel. Eat lunch there, brunch there, dinner. It's always popping in there. There's always fucking someone big in there. You know, big agent, big fucking big producer, big writer, you know, big celebrities in there, hot celebrities, young celebrities, legends, all that shit. And I was sitting up with my boy, Mark Haddon, who does PR and works with Crep Protect, uh, the sneaker um, cleaner company and presented by in London. He's a British dude. We sitting down chopping it up. And I realized it took an hour to get a steak. It was a good steak. It wasn't fucking the most fantastic steak in the world. It was good. I finished the whole steak. It was a big steak. It was past my intermittent fasting time. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, look, it's a special dinner. I don't get to see them. I do too often. And I was, I was starting to get upset. And we're at too nice of a place and I've spent too much money here and we've been here and I'd like to think that I was someone important there. Not entitled. But at that 40 minute mark, it's fucked up. An hour? Yo, man, come on. And now, he's in England. There's tipping there. Um, in certain parts, at least in London, right? And the cost of living in London is way higher. Their, their inflation's at 15% right now. And London's always been one of the most expensive country, uh, cities to live in in the world. So, you know, that wasn't enough for me to be like, fuck this dude, he's gonna get a $3 tip on a 300 something dollar meal, I'm sure. You have to really be on some fuck shit. Two different people came over to offer to buy me a drink, certain things, but I was like, I don't want to drink on me. Just want my food. You know, but what people don't realize is there are people out there who serve and for a living, they depend on tips, whatever. And again, people are like, 
it's too fucking bad. Until their mom or someone else. And if you have a dude who says, my mom's a fucking waitress and she don't get shit, she ain't tripping, fuck it, you know, and fuck it, then my mom ain't gonna eat tonight and da 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 da, whatever, man, bro, go slap yourself, bro. What the fuck are you talking about? And people out there are like, oh man, there's people out here starving to fucking sit there, you don't get my money, then don't go out then. That's just the game, that's what it is, right? It's like someone giving you something, be like, I gotta say thank you to nobody. Then, dog, if that's your, your creed, and that's your way of living. See how far that gets you in life. Fuck are people mad for? When I was broke, you know, I felt them fucking embarrassed. Because my parents would let me know. People say, oh, your parents are tripping. No, dog, my parents came in with nothing. They just know, man. It's like, you know, have some fucking class. You're going to go out, someone's going to serve you, whatever, boom. Service is bad. All right, great. You know what? There's dishwashers. There's busboys, other people. And some people said, oh man, I worked at a fucker as a bus boy. I never got shit. And you got fucked, homie. Straight up. When you go to another fucking nightclub, they ain't even giving you an option. You getting 20. Sometimes it's 25% gratuities slapped on the bill. Yeah, you're going to pay 8 to $10 for a fucking bottle of Fiji, a small one. You're going to pay fucking 50 bucks for five Red Bulls, right? Or whatever the fuck it is. They giving the barbacks money. Sometimes I give the barbacks a little extra money here in the cash here and there, cool, but because they comp my table for some reasons. But I'm just letting you know. I love it in Asia when you sit there and be like, yo, it doesn't really matter. Because sometimes you just be like, all right, well, this is what the bill is. Make the bill more expensive. Some people are like, oh, don't do that. Well, what the fuck else you think they got to do? They got to figure out a way to do it. I mean, if they did that, that'd be cool. You know? Let's say a person, you know, I mean, if you think about a high-end hotel at the Polo Lounge, you think the fucking waiters over there make $7 an hour, whatever the fuck it is? These motherfuckers are making six figures over there. Please believe it. At a Michelin-rated restaurant, you got to have resumes deep. Like, we're going to continue this, this talk, because it goes into so many different things. But you got people tripping on tipping at restaurants. I see that. It was embarrassing. But, you know, you spend 200 something dollars and you're like, fuck that. What the fuck I got to do this for? Whatever. Boom. It's like, yo, man, you don't get it. Like, where did you lose in translation to you being out in a night? Why is it called? Why is it a nice restaurant? Right? Because the food, the table, all the other shit, all that shit costs shit. The bread, all the other stuff. It's just part of it. It's like, you should go out and tip your server. Okay. And then you got people who are complaining about the rent being too high. Now, it could be. I'm not finished. Could be taken out of context what I'm saying. But then these people are saying that actually wearing real Jordans, rare Jordans, and real Gucci flip-flops, and a Louis Vuitton handbag. And it's like, bruh, you got a Louis Vuitton handbag. Gucci slides on. Are you talking about rent's too high? You could buy some $15 slides. You could buy a same bag that would carry everything in that bag for 20 bucks on Amazon. You just saved yourself right there, $2,000. The fuck is you talking about? Right? And you got people who really justify the price of some rare SB Dunks or some Jordans and be like, yo, Shit, they say, those ain't that bad. They're like 450 right now. I want to get them before they hit 1000 But then they're tripping on, you know, the rent being increased. That doesn't make sense. 
where you rest your head, where you live, doesn't make sense. You don't want to live in a better place than what you know what you got, what you wearing on your feet and all this other shit because people see you outside. Fucking, what the fuck is going on? All I'm saying is, man, even when I was broke, man, I, if I couldn't tip, I wasn't going out, period. And that shit seemed to piss a lot of people off. And the problem is people's expectations today are absolutely fucking ridiculous. People expect to go outside. They want to go on a treadmill for 11 minutes and expect to lose 10 pounds after doing it maybe twice. People want to run a mile, do 25 sit-ups, five push-ups, check their Instagram, and expect they could do that for three weeks and have a six-pack. And from but being a fat body, like looking like fucking 200 pounds of chewed bubble gum and come back and be like, yo, why the fuck is this shit not working? Man, fuck this. Now you tripping. That microwave way of thinking. Straight up microwave era. Motherfuckers want their food in 10 seconds. They don't want the shit to be cooked slow in the pot. They don't want none of that. I ain't talking about the bitch ass steak because you can cook a fucking good steak in 10 minutes or less. I'm going to be honest with you. You fucking can, right? Trust me, I'm going to the best motherfucking yakiniku places in Japan. I can't fucking wait. But again, the entitlement today is fucking disgusting, okay? Why should you get paid for dropping a ball, right? You're getting paid 25 20 million, 30 million, and you dropping balls? And people say, shit, man, stars don't drop the ball. He's actually right. When you think about the statistics of the people who are making, when you separate from good to great, from a star to a pro, you want to stand out? Don't drop the ball. I'm not saying you can't be human. But you can't expect to start in the pros and get paid big dollars if you drop in passes. Now, I know some people pass, you know, they sneak through the fucking cracks and all that shit. But that's why it's so rare to be a star. Right? So make those fucking 25-foot putts. Sink those birdies. Make those motherfucking eagles. Okay? You don't understand the consistency is very tough. I take pride in having consistency. I'm not entitled to being great because I have a great coach and I have big people supporting me and backing me. I got to go out there and practice six times a fucking week. The hardest shit ever. Could have a great two days and have a horrible 10 days. People don't understand. Look at Russell Westbrook. People don't know who the fuck he is right now. You can make 17 fucking three-pointers in one game. And some people may not make two fucking three-pointers in a game for the rest of their career. Consistency is key. Be great. In order to be great, gotta practice. Allen Iverson thought he could be great without practicing. Look, man, you look at fucking Kobe in the gym at 3, 4 in the morning and fucking just the way that some of these people work. Tiger, you name it. If you're not gonna be great, don't expect great pay. Don't get mad at anybody criticizing you because your game ain't on par. Your album didn't sell, whatever. Do better. Figure it out. You can't figure it out. Don't be mad at anybody but yourself. Don't be mad at anybody doing better than you. 
You figure out how the fuck to do better than them. You ain't got to be in competition with nobody but yourself. Because you can push yourself harder than anybody else. This ain't some motivational speech that I pull out of nowhere. I'm telling you off the shit that I came and worked for me in life. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like I'm being dead ass serious right now too. I'm not fucking playing with y'all. The entitlement has gotten fucking crazy. No more participation trophies. It's just not going to happen anymore. Right? I'm soft with my kids on certain things. But there's a bar. They haven't hit that bar yet. I say yet. Because it could happen and maybe not happen. Right? My wife lets me handle the discipline. But we've never got a call from school saying, oh, Ryder was doing this, Lennon was doing this. My parents got a lot of calls from my ass, right? How could the fuck could I be mad, okay? But there's a lot of shit going on in my life with them and everything, and I was fucked up. Lennon throws a little fits here and there, you know? And I get why, you know what I mean? He's, he remembers the shit that frustrates him, and I think a lot of that carried on, and I think that, you know, therapy will probably help Lennon a lot. Therapy's helped me quite a bit. But there'll be some entitlement sometimes, but at the same time, there's to be kids and they're all fighting for airtime. Kaya wants mommy's attention. She wants daddy's attention. When Ryder talks, Kaya starts getting mad. But like London, like, you know, he's like, shit. When London gets mad, it's because he didn't already let Kaya and Ryder already get a piece of the motherfucking cake and he has to get his shit last. He has to wait till his birthday or Christmas, certain things are just like, it's not fair, Right? That's what it's like being a parent, right? You can't love one kid more than the other. But back to the subject at hand. You want a six-pack? All right, guess what? Starts with your fucking diet. It's 85% diet, 15% working out. And I'm dead ass serious. You could do cardio for fucking eight minutes a day, five days a week. You could do a certain amount of crunches and a couple of different things here and there. But if you're eating super fucking clean, and it's not really healthy, you have to understand, when you see these dudes at the fucking, at Mr. Olympia and these crazy bodybuilding fucking events, these guys are fucking deprived themselves of water. There's all kinds of shit they're taking. But please believe the diet is really where that shit comes in key. Now, there's people who are naturally gifted in golf. They understand things better. Guess what? Still got to practice like fucking crazy. Tiger practice fucking nine hours a day. All I'm saying is, you want to go out and eat at a nice restaurant and not be looked at and be like, I don't give a fuck what people think of me. That's great. Cool. Glad you have such a strong fucking personality and you ain't tripping on anybody else. You're going to continue to get shitty service and get blackballed. I don't give a fuck. All right, well, that's a great way to live your life, man. Don't know why people are so mad at other people doing better than them. I ain't been mad at no motherfucking buddy that does better than me. And there's a lot of people out there that do better. But I know I'm living good. And I've already said this how many times? Living well is the best revenge. And with that, we're going to take a break and then finish the show after these commercials. In an era where watching sports means making money from your couch, there's only one team to join. Captain Picks. 
Captain Picks was created to help break all bookies for beginning betters or seasoned veterans. Strategy, expertise, bankroll management. By signing up for a daily, weekly, or monthly subscription, you receive an all-access pass to curated U.S. and global sports picks that are made by professional handicapping captains 24-7. Make money around the clock. This is a community built of men and women just like you who want to win but don't have time to attack the lines alone. Use promo code VCASH at checkout to get a buy one, get one free on any one-time membership purchase at CaptainPicks.com. Captain Picks, the time to win is now. So I watched that uh, Andrew Tate, my final words, because he's been banned from Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And um, I almost fell asleep twice, not because it was boring, but because I was fucking exhausted. And I knew the kids had school, so I was trying to get to bed early. But I watched the entire hour and 10 minutes because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. I was curious. And what I took from that entire hour and 10 minute, and it's not that it's bad, it's just, this is the truth. The first thing I'm going to say is that hour and 10 minute final words video could have been 35 minutes at most. I would say for half of the video, he repeated himself many times. And I think maybe because, now I'm only thought about this now, but he mentioned a lot that people were cutting videos up and promoting the videos that were taken in the clips and taken out of context. I agree that happens a lot. It happens to me. So I understood how frustrating that could be, right? There was uh, things I didn't know about the dude, right? I didn't know he was part black. Not that that matters. Um, but I guess, you know, growing up where he did, it, it did. Didn't know he grew up in Chicago. Didn't know he grew up in London. Certain things, whatever about his life. But... He's highly intelligent, and I know that. If he wants to be liked, he could be. He knows he had a song and dance, and he did that. And he got popular and, and you know, really fast. And the thing is, it was microwave fast. It wasn't, you know, and again, we have, we have no, no, I don't know if he could stand the test of time because he says he's been doing these for years. I never heard to do it before. And the crazy part is, 99.9% of anyone that I've seen that has mentioned his name or talked about it has never heard of him even two months ago, right? And he's talking about money. How, where'd he come from? Boom, whatever. He broke it all down. The problem about the whole video is he's talking about him having a gay friend. He's talking about certain things, whatever, He's talking about the fact that he loves his niece and he wants her to have a, a guy who could take care of her or whatever it may be. And he says that he's repeated himself, I want to say maybe a dozen times he said to, he mentioned donating at least a handful or more times. 
but he mentioned being taken out of context and people editing his videos into 10 second clips or 30 second clips and promoting them. He mentioned that over a dozen times. The thing is, he talks about how he had this relationship with the gay guy. No, I'm sorry, not just relationship. He has, he has a good friendship with the dude, and they talked a certain way. And I understood that that, that was, you know it was, it was the way he said it was believable. I have no reason not to believe him. And then he said, uh, you know, that uh, he loves his niece and wants to have a kid of his own, or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, there's no reason for dude to be banned from any platform. There is a hate mob for sure. And there are definitely, you know, there's ways to get, you know, cancel certain things. I don't think he said anything worse than Donald Trump. That's for goddamn sure. You know, he didn't sit there and say like, hey man, you know, if you have sex, unprotected sex with people with AIDS, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be straight. He starts saying shit like that, then, you know, okay, well then fuck, you know, it'll be a problem, you know. You got, you know, oh, my 88-year-old grandma, you know what I'm saying? She's really, has really bad respiratory system and she's has a super low immune system. But you know what, man? She, she ain't got to wear no mask. You know, boom. Then, you know, I could see where whatever. Now, I remember talking to Baller Busters and say, hey, you're going to see, you're going to have differences in, in what he believes in um, government-wise. And I think that's another reason where, where Baller Busters don't know really where I stand politically. And because and, I don't speak about it like that. And I think they've only listened to probably like maybe 10 episodes or less. They don't know where I stand on a religious background, um, on religion, I'm sorry. They don't know where I stand with a bunch of other things. But definitely we have different views, right? Some people see similarities and things that I say to him, about him. But one thing that he didn't address is it don't matter how many gay friends you're cool with. It don't matter how many girls. Whatever. I, I don't care. They, they showed a video. I guess he was uh, role playing with the chick and telling her, shut the fuck up, bitch, or whatever the fuck it was. I don't think it was that, but I'm saying like, you know, like S&M type shit and real aggressive things. And she came on and made a little video and said, hey, that's my ex-boyfriend. I love him to death still. He's a good person. He was not hurting me, blah, blah, whatever. That don't bother me at all. That's nothing. Like you address that, but you wouldn't address the, and, it, and again, I said it here. I said, look, baller busters go ahead and dug deep. Went to go see an allegations. Does he have any sexual harassment allegations? Does he have any criminal record? Nothing. They checked everything. They even fucking used Interpol, everything, boom. They found out. So I already knew that in my mind. The problem is when he's talking about fucking virgins or whatever, boom, and um, women being men's property, there's no way to, to cut that up. Where are you going to, how do you not take it out of context is what I want to know, right? My wife is not my property. I know motherfucking simp. I don't slept with sh shit. Unless you've known me for a very long time, there's just a, a good amount of people be like, oh, I believe it because I've known Ben and I just know it, whatever. And then people be like, man, you fucking cat. Why would I lie for what? Because I need to, what do I need though? I don't. So I understand where he's coming from on some of these other things. I never thought that dude didn't have any money. I should only ask, is he the real deal? Is he bullshit? I just want to know because I don't want to go dig into it. Okay, he is. All right, cool. Great. Okay. Like I said, smart guy. Do I think he was acting a little bit? I think so. Right? He fought. There were no actual like hardcore sanction fights that were recorded. It's like Dan Bilzerian almost in a way, but like, you know, he's more articulate. But again, the interview where he's talking about if I have a sister 
and she has a husband, that's his property, whatever, boom. And, and you, you can't take that out of context because he continued on talking about my brother's wife, that's his property. If he had a sister and she was married, that'd be her husband's property. Just certain things like that. You can't take that out of context. It don't sound good. Is it worth being bad? No. Now, I think there's some other things he said, like, where he's like, oh, I want to take a shower with this guy. I forgot what the fuck it was because I'm not a faggot, he said. Okay. Well, again, you could have any backstory you want. You could even say you had sex with three men. It doesn't matter. You already, what you said is really, there's no way to take that out of context. Now, again, I'm sure there's other ways to take it, but there's shit that you hear, clips, that there's no way you can't take out of context, right? If you want to, you could say the N-word a million times. And so we'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Dog, your dad's black. Cool. Whatever. He doesn't. Not that I know of. But like, you can't sit there and be like, look, man, it's cool to kill people. You know what I mean? But check this out, man. Look, dog, I'm not really trying to talk about that like that and everything, whatever. And you know what? I know how to use my hands and, you know, I can stop somebody from breathing. I can do this, 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 and this, whatever. And be like, no, nah, but I don't choose to. And then be like, you know what? But don't take this out of context. You didn't have just, just said 32 seconds ago that it was cool to kill people. Now, again, I didn't say he said those things. I'm just saying there's certain things you can't take out of context. He didn't address those issues, saying women are men's property. Like sedate virgins. I didn't hear anything about him saying, you know, they're allegedly saying like, oh, he moved to Romania because there's laws. He even broke that down. That made sense. Of course, they're going to be strict on certain shit, whatever it may be. I'm sure there's corruption everywhere and whatever. And people have these fucking, you know, taken Liam Neeson type, you know, ideas of Europe and certain shit or whatever. And yes, things are run differently in different countries. But I can't see like that part seems all good. Again, just the only parts where some of the things he said about gay people, him having a gay homie does, isn't going to cancel it out. It's like saying, oh, I got seven black friends, you know, and um, I'm not racist. If you have 75,000 real black friends, that's all you, and you talk to all 75,000 on a weekly basis, you know, of course, it, it, it looks different. You know, some people still may have hate. But he also said some things about people hate me. I could say the right thing. I could do whatever, boom. And they'll still talk about that. And it's the truth. I've talked about it here a million times. Why do we fucking hate people that do something wrong one time, but they did a hundred good things? I've had these conversations. I've talked about it a lot. Way before I ever mentioned this dude's name, way before I ever heard of this guy. All I'm saying is he addressed a lot of things, but didn't address the situation with, you know, women being men's property, a couple things. Instead, he said, uh, people misconstrue and edit. You can't misconstrue that. You can't take that out of context. Should be banned for that? No. Should definitely have a platform to do what the fuck he wants. And uh, he continuously mentioned um, donations and stuff and donating and charity and things or whatever. And I think he was speaking at the people who were talking crazy shit about him, whatever. And that's fair. But understand this. I know a lot of great people who are good people who make a lot of money, certain things. Some of them don't necessarily do big charity donations and whatever. That doesn't make them any better because they do or they, they don't. I mean, I know a lot of people that do it for whatever reason. But that was just basically my bit on listening to that whole thing. I couldn't even believe I did. But it, it was, it, you know, I was interested. I wanted to see, you know, what dude had to say. Smart guy. Um, you know, good vocabulary. You know, um, did that for an hour and a half with no motherfucking water. I got a glass of water right next to my motherfucking mouse right here as I look at my computer screen. 
but yeah, man, it was, it was just fucking, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, man. Um, when I said I had a lot to say, it wasn't necessarily that I had an hour and a half to say things. I just had important shit to say, right? Now, earlier I said that California passed a law banning all sales of any new gas vehicles by 2035. Shit. I won't lie to you, man. Going to the gas station is overrated. Pumping gas is definitely like something I just don't care about. And I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, whatever. But even when I was, you know, when for my center, you know, I had my assistant go get gas. I have a 20-gallon drum and I have like four or five-gallon drums and, you know, like little tanks that come over, boom, we'll fill them up. And I have this, you know, I, I put gas in the center. I put 100 octane and it's still a fucking bitch to pump into the fucking thing. It sucks. But then I don't want to put the fucking miles on the center. That's what another thing that sucks. Um, I wish they had 100 octane at the pump just everywhere. It'd be fucking amazing. But only reason I think about this is because one of my good friends, Byung, who is uh, best friends with my cousin who passed away, Rex. He owns two gas stations in Seattle. And he's like really worried about the shit. And I'm like, look, dog. Yeah, you know, by then maybe, you know, but you got 12 years to figure it out. 13 years, right? You got 12 years to really figure it out and see what's going to hold on. Look, gas vehicles are going to be around until the, I mean, for a long fucking time, as far as I'm alive. So if that's what you're trying to lead to your kids, I don't know, maybe it'd be different, right? But, you know, it's going that route. What happens when it really all goes that way? I mean, McLaren, um, Ferrari, you know, they stopped the naturally aspirated. They went to the twin turbo because it was more efficient. Then boom, there, they're going to hybrid. Um, Pretty soon there won't be a twin turbo car. Not by these guys, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Gas may be more, may be cheaper. I don't know exactly not. I mean, I'm sorry. That's one part of the game. I don't know because it all doesn't make sense. Because when you think about Dubai, I was in Dubai before the pandemic and gas was whatever, 435 here in LA. And gas was fucking like 28 cents a liter there. So you think about it, that shit's for 98 octane, by the way. I ain't trying to hear shit. Because we could produce a gang of gas here. It's all fucking bullshit profit with Mobile Exxon, all that bullshit. But I just think the gas vehicle is going to be around. I drive a Tesla. I've always had one, no matter what was going on. I've always had ownership in a Tesla, ownership in Tesla stock. No matter what happened with my old Tesla, always had it. Was mad and whatever, but it was like, it passed. Had a fucking Roadster on order. Had the Cybertruck on order ever since you could. And it's like, it is what it is. I think, fuck, by the time Ryder's driving, which is shit eight years from now, he's probably gonna have a Tesla. I don't fucking know. There could be a bunch of other cars. I think the Lucid Air's because a bunch of cool ass cars. Not all of them can really do the numbers that Tesla are doing because, you know, he's, Elon's pretty good at what he does. Now, some people say, oh, the quality's this and people are making fun of it here and there. Is this really worth 150? Look, motherfucker, when you could do under two seconds to zero to 60, you're starting to realize why motherfuckers are getting Teslas. When you get a Model Y performance and realize you're fucking beating an M fucking five, you start to realize why shit is what way it is. And there's new batteries that are making the cars faster and fucking have fucking like, you can drive fucking 700 miles in these new batteries, somewhere to a thousand. It's crazy. But I just thought about it and it's going to be interesting. It's going to change some shit. But I'm always going to have at least fucking one gas vehicle. Even 12 years from now, I don't give a fuck. Well, fuck man. 13 years from now, I'm going to be fucking 62. Who fucking knows where we are at that time, right? 
But where will you be in 10 years? Where will I be? I'll be talking shit on this podcast, hopefully. And speaking of talking shit, I got into the coolest super follower spaces. I had like five conversations, you know what I'm saying? It was London's birthday and I totally forgot that we're fucking cutting the cake and shit. And um, I had to stop it. I was just getting in a conversation with someone. And out of all the spaces I've had with super followers, this had to be definitely by far the best. You know, I talked to this kid. When I say kid, he probably maybe under 23 or 25. He's, he's still definitely young. And um, he's from Atlanta. And it was the first time I felt like I was giving good advice. Now, I ain't talking about general advice that I, or game that I give here, but I mean, just specific we're talking about. And it was a great conversation because I really felt like I was helpful at that time. Because people hit me for all kinds of advice. Hey, how come this, how this? Motherfucker, I ain't no relationship expert. I can tell you what I would do. I'm not a doctor, motherfucker. I've been in a lot of situations. Never had STD, so I can't speak on that, whatever. But, you know, go get checked up. Go to school, get a physical every fucking year. It's the least you could do. You know, if you're a girl, shit, go get a pap smear. Go fucking, you, you're worried about a Chanel bag, go get a pap smear. Go get your coochie cleanse. Go get your shit fixed. I know some people are like, oh, I hate that. Why do you say that? Anyways, had a really good conversation with the super followers. We talked about old school shit, talked about DJing. And one day maybe we'll have a, an episode where we really speak about more DJ shit. But it's not that I don't want to talk about golf a lot on here. I just think that there's a niche audience for that. And I am going to talk about it regardless. So if you super follow me, just know obviously I follow you back. And we're in the multi-hundreds now. Um, and I appreciate it. It's dope. It's fucking cheap as shit. It's $3 a month. Um, I could have made it $20 a month, right? You could set your price to three, ten, five, or or 20 or something. You know, I, I just did the lowest number because I was like, look, just make it make something. It ain't really doing much for me. But it was something just to compensate for, you know, the time, the access and everything. And I do want to have a golf foursome in LA. And I would do it several times because I play golf several times a week. And I practice almost every day. Would love to do it in different states. And I know people hit me up from all places. One of my super followers hit me up, said he's from Ghana and he's coming in LA and shit. I just don't have a lot of time. You know, it's crazy. There's a little topic here I was going to get into. You know, what I'm going to talk about, you know, London Ryder and Kaya's first day of school was yesterday. And it was so smooth and so good that I want to be that way all the time. You drop them off at 7.45 and, you know, there's three different things. There's a new way to drop off the kids at school because, well, it's a private school, of course, but there's big gates, big security gates. You know, there's fuck, you got to get buzzed with a camera if you want to go to the front office. All the, there's no classrooms on the outside, really. You know, you have to get in. Their doors are locked. You can't get in. You have to get into the front door and that's always been, and plus there's gates. So you couldn't even get into that area anyway. And um, now, even with the drop-offs, if you don't have a young child, and my daughter's in kindergarten, then you can't even get out of the car. So it's like all these new protocols and everything, but it was cool. It was just, it was the kids were excited. London's first day at school, you know, they got to have, you know, treats. And my wife got Krispy Kremes for them. And then I took London to um, Cheesecake Factory, his favorite place. And, you know, he had his mac and cheese. And we, you know, chilled out. Then he got to go eat Ben and Jerry's. These motherfuckers really had a day, you know, but uh, it, it was just super chill. 
The only thing that sucks is having to wake up every day, no matter what, on Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. My wife makes sure the food is good. She gets the clothes ready. I just got to get them dressed and then, you know, make sure they brush their teeth and put their shoes on. And that's another crazy fucking thing, man. I feel like I learned how to tie my shoes at school when I was like five years old. And it's something I should have just tied them on. I don't know why the fuck. Oh my God, dude, it's just laziness. And somebody else said, you didn't do this. And, you're gonna, and my wife's going to be like, why would you say that? Motherfucker, you know, I have fucking different things that they know. But it's a different world we live in right now. One thing, though, is that from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., we are free. Unless there's, you know, a call about something. And God forbid that London has something going on. And, and I'm going to get into that later about this new allergy institute that we're signing them up with. And there was like an 18-month waiting list. And we're in now. And they have 100% success rate which is fucking nuts because there's nothing like that. But the price of it is crazy. Now, the reason why it's crazy is because, again, 100% success rate and no relapse. And what's nuts is shit. You know, at any given day, I think that shit, London could fucking have some kid have a peanut butter sandwich, boom, and, and we're going to the ER and it's fucking, it's bad, all bad. But uh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Um... I was looking at this rapper. It's not even subliminal. It's just, it could be a general statement. And they're saying he's making a documentary of his career. And he ain't even been in the game 10 years. Now, the thing is, some people may be in the game 10 years, and they'll be like, ah, oh, boom, nah, whatever. And you go by your first album, you know, you even go by a mixtape. If Drake did a documentary about his life, and Drake's been in the game since 08, that's legitimately 14 years, He'd have a crazy documentary. And the footage would be fucking out of control. But if you had one or two banging albums, you had maybe 17 mixtapes, I don't care. I'm just saying, like, if you weren't putting out a major album in 2012 or before, and you ain't consistently killed it, and you're not an opener for somebody, you are the headliner. Yo, bro. Like The weekend now could do a documentary. Would I watch it? Doubt it. Fuck would do, but it's just not, I'm not interested in that. But what's crazy is doing a documentary of your career in your life with less than 10 professional years. The Bieber thing, I get it. You know, certain things, whatever, boom. It wasn't really a doc. It was like, you know, it was a kind of, but wasn't. But as a professional and you're alive, if there's one on Mac Miller, he's dead. It's different. You're alive and you've been in the game like maybe six years, maybe like really like that. I don't know, man. All I'm saying is Kobe and Jordan would have never did that shit. Jordan waited till he's fucking shit. What? 20 years after he motherfucking retired. And even with their body of work, after Kobe in 10 years in the season, he wouldn't do that shit. It's just, just think about that. Just that shit just bothered me sometimes, man. People are crazy. Just fucking nuts. Oh yeah, guys. I know people are like, fuck you, man. I wanted the fucking code, da, 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 whatever. I am dropping premium cannabis products today at 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. That's 7.20 p.m. New York time, 6.20 p.m. Chicago time, Texas time, LA, San Francisco, Seattle time, 4.20 p.m. at benballershop.com. 
I am talking about fucking crazy shit. A cush coffee mug where you could put your coffee in that motherfucker and you could smoke a bowl out that bitch. Got a carb, everything. I got premium stash containers that are fucking lit. High quality. This shit looks like it came out of sharper image. I got a ceramic grinder. I got a chrome grinder. Heavy. Solid. I got a ceramic ashtray that's lit. I got premium joint holders. And I'm talking about containers and holder. I got a joint holder you can just kind of put on the table. I got little tubes, but premium. Stainless steel. Was it T307, T308, whatever? You could put your joints in there and not worry about shit. No smell, no nothing. Dope shit. My fucking ghost t-shirts. Ghost meaning you can't see the print till you walk up close on it, but it says say no to Coke. So on the white shirt, it says say no to in white. So you can't see that part until you get up close. And it just says the Coke. And on the back, it says say yes to Kush, but you can't see the say yes to. Again, it's white, so we call it ghost. Those teas, we did a shock drop this weekend. Sold out in less than two minutes. And I didn't even fucking tell anybody whatever, but I can't find it. Shit, hundreds of motherfuckers did find it. So that shit drops today, along with a whole other bunch of shit I'm probably forgetting to talk about. But a bunch of new shit is dropping at benballershop.com. I mean premium. BTB podcast listeners, use code POD20, P-O-D-20. You will get a 20% discount, and that's only for fucking podcast listeners. I'm not putting that fucking, that code on Instagram, on Twitter, nowhere, all right? So just want to let you guys know what's going on with that. I was going to read this little thing here. I was going to talk about it on the first before the commercial break, but Gavin Newsom is a total fucking idiot. He is a fucking dumb shit. Everyone knows that. But this guy was going to have a drug zone. Uh, Not drug free. He was going, he actually pushed for a drug zone, a area for junkies to do heroin, crack everything, so they could be supervised, have clean needles. I guess not overdose right then and there. I don't know what fuck this motherfucker's talking about. I thought it was jokes until my wife sent me the article. Then I looked it up and I was like, yo, this motherfucker gotta go. I have seen multiple powerful Democrats now talking about they think that a Republican's gotta run California. And I agree. I'm not in the politics, but saying you guys vote what the fuck you want to. But I'm gonna call motherfuckers out when they do stupid ass shit, okay? I want everyone to have a great weekend. Obviously, I'm getting in with the golf all weekend. Um, been canceling trips. Shit, I feel bad, man. I know Cuddy had a fucking show last night. Couldn't make it. It was my son's birthday. But I made Cuddy a dope-ass piece. I don't know if he's going to post it or if I'm going to post it. I don't know. I don't really I don't care about that. But I'm um, excited to go see Cuddy in Tokyo. It's going to be on tour. And, and it's tour life is different. You know, and I, I'm just, that definitely ain't me. But what's crazy is I'm going to go out this weekend and it'll be the first time in almost five years that I go to a nightclub and I want to spend some time with my employees because I feel like I haven't connected with them. So I'm going to have my IF and co-boys. We're going to go out and have some good times. On Monday, I got Deontay Wilder. Yes, the Bronze Bomber is having a golf tournament with his wife, Telly Swift. And I'm going to play with French Montana, Byron Scott, Brandon Thomas. I forgot what the dude's name is. I'm athlete. Forgot. Anyways, a bunch of fucking people. I'm excited to play in this golf tournament. I got my cousin. I got uh, Sam Yee, who's a golf pro. I got my man, the stranger from TaylorMade coming in for my foursome. We're going to have a fucking fun time, but obviously I'm going to have a podcast before that. But I, 
I think that was going to be an interesting weekend I need to talk about from this club experience and going out because I haven't been out of K-Town in forever. The last time I went to a club in K-Town, easily, e- a club, it might be 12 years. It might legit be 12 years since I've been out of club in K-Town. Like for real, for real, unless I'm tripping. But yo, guys, it is time for me to get it in with the links. I got to start putting on my golf gear, head to this country club. Me and my agent are going to get it in. He's a fucking single handicap, so I'm not trying to even go, but but it's dope. I need a stretch. It is time to go. Tea time is calling my name. But guys, always remember, living well is the best revenge. When I got time, I like to talk my shit here and there, whatever. But at the end of the day, living well is the best revenge. You talking shit after you live well, that's just overkill and whatever. Boom. If you want to do it, I'm, I'm not tripping. But living well is the best revenge. When people know you living well, you eating right, you living right, you got a companion, family, whatever. You're happy. You're living well. You're eating. Living well is the best revenge. I want you all to be healthy. I want you all to be wealthy. Okay, guys? The Korean John Cusack is out. That's my man, Lakey Lake, in the background. All right, y'all. Peace.